Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. Let's talk about the gift of prophecy. Everybody's interested in prophecy and knowing the future. What does the Bible teach us about prophecy? When we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Paul the Apostle tells us to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good to one, there is given through the Spirit prophecy. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. So here we see the gift of prophecy. When you hear the word prophecy, what comes to your mind? Do you picture a prophet like Elijah, Isaiah, or Jeremiah? Do you think of Jonah or John the Baptist saying, repent? Do you think about a person who can foresee the future? Prophecy means to speak for God as we reveal his will and proclaim his word. A prophet is a spokesperson for God, and prophecy is speaking the word of God. It is inspired and initiated by the Holy Spirit, not the human will. This is a very important point because many people are saying today, everybody just prophesy. In other words, they think that because they say it, that that makes it prophecy or because they believe it or they're excited about it. But that's not prophecy. It's okay to encourage people. It's okay. Certainly, we need to share the word of God. That is a prophetic word always. But that's not the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is God's word for our times that calls us to him and sometimes can even reveal the future in order not to let us know about the future, but to bring us into a closer relationship with him. The goal of the prophecy is not to reveal something, it's to reveal something to bring us to a closer relationship with him. So prophecy is not speculation, It's not fortune telling. It's speaking the word of God. And sometimes it may reveal the future for someone in order to bring them back to God. The apostle Peter reminds us that prophecy doesn't start with us. It starts with God. This is a gift of the spirit. Just because you want it to happen, you can't just say, I prophesy in Jesus' name. That's not prophecy. That's an abuse of prophecy. It's okay to say you want it to happen. It's okay to say, I hope it happens. It's okay to say, I'm praying that it happens. But we can't declare and decree things just because we want them to happen. That's not prophecy. Now, listen to what the Apostle Peter reminds us about how it is the Spirit that initiates, not us, and inspires prophecy. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The word carried along in the Greek means to move. It's almost like a, a river carries a boat, inspired, moved by the Spirit. That's Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. There are 78 prophets and prophetesses mentioned in the Bible. The word prophet comes from the Greek word prophetes, means one who speaks for another. To the ancient Greeks, this meant one who spoke for the gods because they believed in a pantheon of gods. 
we understand it to mean to speak for God, the one true living God. The Hebrew word for prophet, Nabi, means to see, a seer or a prophet, someone who sees what God is doing and speaks the word of God for the times in which we live. Prophecy reveals God's will for his people. The will of God embraces the past, present, and future. So prophetic message can refer to the past, present, or future as God is speaking to us. When the prophets of old foretold the future, it was to clarify God's will for his people. Sometimes to warn them, sometimes to caution them, sometimes to direct them, this is going to happen. Get yourself ready for it. The prophets of the Bible spoke prophetically to Israel and the church, but they also spoke to nations of the world outside of Israel. Many times in the Old Testament, you'll see Isaiah bring prophetic messages to Babylon, to Edom, to Nineveh. So the word of God was not just for Israel or for the church and God's people. The prophetic word is for nations, for any person at times, as God speaks through prophecy. Prophecy often describes the consequences of disobedience and the blessing of obedience to God's word that would happen at some future day. You'll see that all through these prophetic messages. There are cautions about disobedience and what will happen if we continue to go that way. And there are promises of God's blessing if we will obey him. Obedience to God is a crucial element of prophecies found in the Bible. Calling God's people back to God to trust God, to obey God. Biblical prophets always viewed God as being sovereign over history and nations. The prophetic ministry is as old as time itself. God gave the first prophecy about the coming of the Messiah to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden when he said the seed of woman will come and will crush the head of the serpent. In Genesis 3.15, that's the first prophecy of the Messiah who would be born through Mary the Virgin. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, was a prophet, quoted in the book of Jude. See, the Lord is coming with 10,000s of his saints. Noah was a prophet to his generation and cautioned about the flood and called people to repentance and faith. The patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, functioned in the prophetic ministry. The prophetic ministry took greater form in Moses. Hosea chapter 12 and verse 13 speaks of Moses as a great prophet of God. Moses stands as the greatest prophet before Christ of the Old Testament. Deborah is the first prophetess. She was a judge and leader of Israel. And also Gideon and Samuel were called prophets. Samuel started a school or group of prophets according to 1 Samuel chapter 10 verses 5 through 13. Elijah and Elisha were prophets with miracles that confirmed their ministry in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. During the reign of the kings of Israel, there were many prophets that advised the kings, that spoke to their generation. Many are named, some are unnamed, other than calling them the man of God or the prophet of God. Now John the Baptist closed the Old Testament, period, as the forerunner of Jesus. He fulfilled the law of the prophets, Matthew 5 and 17. Jesus said, don't think I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I've come to fulfill them. So the prophetic message of the Old Testament is always pointing to Jesus, the Messiah. 
The coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost marked an outpouring of the Spirit upon all believers so that the scripture tells us in Acts 2 that your sons and daughters will prophesy. Now that we have this historical background as to what prophecy is and how prophecies operated in the past, let's talk about the gift of prophecy in the church because Paul says that the gift of the Holy Spirit to us brings the gift of prophecy in the church. So let's begin with the purpose of prophecy. Why do we need prophecy? Why is it important? Well, the Bible tells us to follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue, that means language, does not speak to people, but to God. There even refers to a prayer language or prophetic language other than the known language of his people. Indeed, no one understands them. They speak in an unknown language, a spiritual language. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. That's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 through 3. Now, here we see that prophecy is in the known language of the people, and he gives us these great reasons we need it. Prophecy strengthens us in our faith. It encourages us in times of disappointment, and it comforts, it reassures God's people. It also can bring conviction of sin to an unbeliever who comes to worship service and that there's a prophetic message. They sense that God is at work. And Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 14 to talk about this. He says, but if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everybody's prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare so that they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. That's chapter 14, verse 24 and 25 of 1 Corinthians. That becomes really the bottom line of spiritual gifts and the prophetic message is that people have a sense in a worship service that God is really among you. Isn't that what Jesus promised? If two or three gather together in my name, there am I in the midst. And when a prophetic word of God comes in a worship service, it strengthens and encourages and comforts the people of God. But it can also reveal to the unbeliever that God is real and God is at work here. It can even convict us of our sins in the presence of God and bring people to faith and repentance in Jesus. In that sense, prophecy confirms the preach of the gospel and brings people to Christ. So those are the purposes of prophecy, to strengthen us, encourage us, and to comfort us. What are the parameters? What are the boundaries? Because this gift is so easily abused. Many people claim to be prophets and give people prophetic words and sometimes confuse people mislead people. People get caught up in cults because they don't know the parameters of prophecy. Well, the first parameter is we need to realize there's a caution in the Bible against false prophecy. We need to be aware that false prophecy exists so that we're not gullible about everything that somebody says to us or that we hear. Jesus told us in the last days, in Matthew 24, 4 and 5, take heed that no one deceive you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. In the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 7, verse 20 through 21, he talks about beware of false prophets. By their fruit, you will recognize them. So the first boundary is to be aware of the fact that false prophecy exists. I remember someone came to me one time early in my ministry is a minister visiting a city, preaching another church and came over and met me. And 
He said, I'm like, God's given me a prophetic word for you. He said, will you receive it? I said, well, I'll listen to it and then I'll examine it. And if it bears witness with my spirit, then yes. But see, when somebody says something to you, especially they come in the name of God, that's a sober thing to be saying you come in the name of God. Then you should listen to it. But it's got to bear witness with your spirit. You'll know immediately. If you say, well, I'm confused by that. Prophecy doesn't confuse you. That's not one of the purposes of prophecy. If it immediately speaks to you, it will confirm what God's already saying to you. It won't be the first word you hear. It'll be the second word. Prophecy confirms what God is saying to you. So the first parameter is to have a sense of caution against false prophecy, not to be skeptical of true prophecy, not to be cynical, but to be aware that false prophecy does exist. The second parameter is to make a commitment to order and worship. Now here the scripture tells us that when prophetic gifts operate in worship service, that it is our responsibility to maintain order in worship. As a pastor, I'm very committed and have always been in my ministry to order in a public worship service. And many people can get chaotic, but we believe in order in worship and we're taught that in the Bible. So the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of the prophets, that's your spirit, my spirit, the human spirit. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the congregations of the Lord's people, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29 through 33. I started my ministry preaching revivals out in California for our denomination. What a great year of my life. I traveled everywhere and preached in all kinds of churches. Spent a whole week sometimes preaching in places. I remember preaching in Simi Valley. And the pastor said, there's this one woman that sometimes she can act out in church and and she did that during the service. I remember she came to me at the end and said something about God moved upon her. And I said, well, that's not true. I said, the spirit of the prophet is subject to control of the prophet. And it's not just true of a prophetic gift. It's true of a person. You're, you're in control of yourself. You're in control of your own emotions. You're in control of your own demonstrations of worship. And many people blame God and say the spirit caused them. God is not a God of disorder. If it's chaotic and disorderly, it's not of God, it's of us. And so the second parameter is to, to recognize the order of worship, that spiritual gifts should be displayed and are truly displayed in a way that is very comforting and reassuring to God's people. They're very supernatural. They definitely catch our attention. We have the sense that something divine is happening in the moment. They are miraculous, and we need that sense of awe in worship. So there are parameters and boundaries to prophecy, and when we know those, then we're able to discern true prophecy and receive it. Now let's look at three principles of prophecy. Three simple principles that we can all remember so that we can experience the gift when it comes to us or in a worship service. And we can also express it and share it when God gives us a prophetic word for someone. First of all, take the gift. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, desire the gift of prophecy. We need to recognize this is a valuable, important gift in the church. Mentioned perhaps more than any other gift. And we need to desire it, desire to hear it, desire to receive it, desire to be a person open 
to giving a prophetic message to someone. So take the gift. Second of all, treasure the gift. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, the Bible says, do not treat prophecies with contempt. And sometimes people have looked at these gifts of the Spirit because they are supernatural and didn't understand them or they don't respect them or they don't recognize them or because somebody gave a false prophecy somewhere and they discount everything. Just because somebody has a cheap imitation of something doesn't mean that genuine doesn't exist. So don't treat prophecies with contempt. If there's a prophetic word, take it to heart. Think about it. Pray about it. Treasure the gift. It's a gift we all need. And when God brings you a prophetic word, it's going to be one of the most meaningful experiences in your entire life. I've only had a few given to me, but they are crucial. I remember every one of them. They're not everyday occurrences. I read my Bible every day. That's a prophetic word to me. But when God sends you a specific prophetic word, it will be a life changer for you. It'll be a very sacred, wonderful experience. So treasure the gift. Third of all, test the gift. So Paul goes on in this passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 and 20 to say, do not treat prophecies with a kid, but test them all. So don't be naive, don't be gullible. We don't have to listen to everything everybody says, quote, in the name of the Lord, because a lot of people are doing that these days. And they shouldn't be just saying everything's in the name of the Lord. So we should test and examine. And when you do, and you hear a true prophetic word, it's going to be a tremendous blessing to you. It will strengthen you, encourage you, build you up in your faith. Join me for prayer. Thank you, Father, for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of prophecy. May you give us discernment and give us a receptive spirit to hear the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for sharing the time with me, time digging deep into the word of God. Let me ask you to follow us on social media. Go today, subscribe, join, become part of the Mount Perrin family by social media. You'll get a lot of great updates on the ministry teachings, resources. You'll be able to share together what we are doing around the world to give the world hope in Christ. I want to thank you for your prayerful support of the ministry and for your generous financial support. If you haven't started to give to Mount Perrin, I would encourage you to do so. Make an investment in the ministry. You can do that on your app. You can do it online, wherever you are. You can sow seed into the ministry of the church and help us produce a harvest of righteousness in this generation. And God will bless you for your giving. Sunday's coming. It's the highlight of the week for all of us. The Lord's Day. I'm looking forward to seeing you and your family in church this Sunday. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.